What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, Giants fans. You are listening to the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. The bulk of the show today will be an interview that I did with draft analyst Dane Brugler of The Athletic as we continue getting you ready for the 2019 NFL Draft, which is now, of course, only days away. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to Dane about several topics in relation to the New York Giants and what they might do, what they should do, uh, what some of the options are. And we'll talk about the, uh, the fantastic annual draft guide that Dane produces, which will now be available through The Athletic. Before we do that, though, just a few topics of interest as they relate to the New York Giants. Giants opened their off-season program on Monday, and there was some media availability with Pat Shermer, a couple of players available to media via conference call. Just wanted to touch on a couple of things that were said, you know, during those uh, conference calls. Uh, First, you know, Pat Shermer made reference to, he was asked about this being his second year, and he was asked about the differences, you know, in uh, being a first-year coach with a team and a second-year coach. And I think he rightly talked about being a little farther ahead of the curve this year as he begins to prepare the Giants for the 2019 season. We know that the Giants got off to a horrible start last year, 1-7 and seven, over their first eight games, you know, as they tried to figure out, you know, what the right personnel was as they tried to, uh, to get a program installed in East Rutherford. And, you know, Shermer obviously said this year he knows the players better. He brought as much of the roster back as he could, um, you know, with uh, with Dave Gettleman. And you know, he knows the players better. The players know the coaching staff. The players know the system. And, you know, his hope, as he said on Monday, is that all of that familiarity will help the Giants get off to a better start this year. Obviously, 1-7 is simply not acceptable. So we will see. I mean, it's very early, but, you know, Shermer, obviously, I do think he's right that his knowledge of the players and the players' knowledge of him and the system should be beneficial. 
as the Giants prepare for a new season. Another thing to talk about from yesterday was the availability of Eli Manning uh, to the media. Of course, Eli was asked about the possibility that the Giants would draft a quarterback early in the 2019 NFL draft. He acknowledged you know, the possibility that that will happen, said that it's not going to change anything about the way he goes about his job, said that he believes he's always had a good relationship with the quarterbacks in his room. He's always enjoyed talking with them, you know, the the, the back and forth of ideas. And, and I tend to think that, you know, Dave Gettleman has indicated this as well, Whatever the Giants do is not going to change Eli Manning. He's always believed in being a good teammate. He obviously still wants to play. Uh, you know, and we'll see how all of that works out. But I don't think Eli Manning is going to be bothered if the Giants use a first round pick. You know, say for example, the seventeenth pick, even the sixth pick, which I don't think they're going to do, but I don't think it's going to to affect how Eli Manning goes about his job. The third player who the third person who spoke to media on Monday was wide receiver Sterling Shepard and and Shepard was asked about his new contract he was asked about uh, whether or not he misses Odell Beckham he said the contract came together pretty quickly you know he said he will miss Beckham you know as a person and as a teammate but that he does feel ready to step into a leadership role he understands that that comes with the territory of the 4 year 41 million dollar extension that he signed said that he thinks that he and Golden Tate you know although they have similar skill sets he believes that they can be a productive duo together you know we, we just have to see how all of that plays out but uh, I wanted to point out, you know, that those folks were available to media yesterday. If you want to read more about what they said, you know, please check out the posts we did on their various uh, conference calls at BigBlueView.com. And uh, now, Giants fans, let's get to the main portion of today's show. After we come back from a quick break from our sponsors, you will hear my interview with Dane Brugler of The Athletic. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Property Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Profji Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, Giants fans, special treat for you right now. I am joined by NFL draft analyst Dane Brugler of The Athletic. Dane, thank you very, very much for spending some time with me today. 
No, happy to uh, join you. It's uh, hard to believe we're, gosh, single-digit days until the draft now. Uh, I mean, it's uh, it's here, so uh, it's it's uh, it's going to be fun to talk about uh, you know what's going to happen here on, on draft weekend. And uh, you know, the timing of this couldn't have worked out any better. We'll we'll just get this out of the way right now. Some something else that's here is your annual uh, draft guide. Uh, why don't you uh, you know? Why don't you quickly tell folks what they'd get and where they can get it? Yeah, you get it through uh, the Athletic. Uh, it's uh, if you have a subscription to the Athletic, you get it for free. Uh, it's really it's the only way to get the get the beast. Uh, we affectionately call it. It's a, a draft guide that takes uh, basically the whole year to put together. To 415 reports, over a thousand players ranked. Uh, a lot of information out there. If you're an NFL draft fan, I promise you will not be disappointed by the level of information that's included uh, in this draft guide. I get mine every year, and I've already got mine, and I, I know how I'm going to be spending my spare time in the evenings <laughs> for the next few days. Awesome. Well, yeah, it's, it, might, it might take a few days because there is uh, quite a bit of information out there. But for uh, – I know football fans, that, that's what they love. They love the details. They love the – the little things, uh, you know, that comes with it. So uh, hopefully people enjoy it. All right, Dean. So I know your, your time is limited. So let's talk about the, uh, about the giants a little bit at this point. Are you, are you surprised at all by the idea that, that seems to be floating around that the giants are, are going to shy away from quarterback at number six? After last year, uh, passing on a quarterback at two, uh, nothing surprises me with the Giants and the quarterback situation. I, I know, I mean, I, I understand that they still believe Eli can play at a high level. I, I mean, I get that. Uh, Eli was not uh, the biggest problem with the Giants last year. Um, that, do I think that he is enough to lead this team to the playoffs? Personally, no, I don't think that. But I understand why they're sticking with them, and, and that's fine. But at some point, you need to plan for the future, and uh, you know, unless you plan to be picking in the top five next year, top ten, and you have a chance to draft a quarterback, you know, I'd be surprised if they don't. But uh, you know, again, nothing would surprise me when it comes to the quarterback position and the Giants. It's hard to figure out, you know, what is their plan? Do they have a plan? Um, uh, you know, do they just going to ride Eli until enough's enough, and then you know, see if they can get lucky in the draft, whenever that is, uh, or are they going to? Specifically, look at a Daniel Jones or whoever in this draft, and uh, you know, handpick him to be the quarterback in waiting. So it's going to be interesting to see it play out. Let me ask you about a little bit about Dwayne Haskins and this notion that he's falling on draft boards. I'm kind of curious about the the notion of of rising and falling at this time of the year. I mean, do you do you buy necessarily that that guys rise and fall at this time of year or is that in some ways is that just the media catching up to what maybe NFL teams really think about certain players yeah no there's no one rising or falling at this time and you know really it's it's not even you know I would say the media catching up it's just when you talk about quarterbacks beauty's in the eye of the beholder and you know one team you know if if Baker Mayfield doesn't go number one last year, the Browns, you know, who knows where Baker ends up going? Uh, you know, the Giants were taking Barkley at two. It seemed like the Jets wanted Darnold at three. Uh, you know, the if the if they say the Browns took Josh Allen at one, so they're not taking a quarterback at four. 
the Broncos aren't taking a quarterback. I mean, so who knows where Baker Mayfield goes? It's, you know, in hindsight, Baker Mayfield looks like the smart pick, uh, worthy of the number one selection. But, you know, if the Browns don't take him at one, you know, he goes maybe the back half of the top ten. Who knows? We'll, We'll never know for sure. So, I mean, quarterbacks, it's it's just all about, you know, which team is willing to invest in that player. Not everyone's going to see eye to eye, especially in this quarterback class when, you know, if Kyler Murray, if he doesn't go one, where does he go? Maybe four to the Raiders? Uh, you know, Haskins. If it, it, There's only so many teams that really love each of these guys. So, it's there's so many different opinions. Uh, so I know some teams love Haskins. Some teams uh, are worried about the – one year of production, uh, with small sample size. Uh, he struggles at times when uh, you know pressure gets in his face, and he's forced to move his feet. To, struggles to find those second chance throws, and I think that all of that is valid. Uh, although I think a lot of his issues are experience based, more so than talent based. And once he gets a chance to uh, you, you know work those out on the field, I think he'll be okay. I'm, I'm a believer in his arm velocity and uh just the accuracy that he has what he has above the neck so for me Dwayne Haskins I'd bet on him over some of these other quarterbacks in this draft class but there is no consensus opinion on these quarterbacks around the league sounds like uh, if you had the card in your hand at number six and he was on the board sounds like Haskins would be your guy he would absolutely and I think he'd be a perfect success uh, succession plan with uh you know Eli's the guy until he's not and Dwayne Haskins can benefit by sitting and learning. And uh, the Giants still have another first-round pick that they can play with. Uh, you know, they can add a pass rusher. They can add an offensive lineman, uh, whichever direction they want to go, um, and still come out of the first round with the quarterback of their future and feel really good about, uh, you know, not only just, you know, what they're building towards, but just the long term. And so, uh, yeah, for me, I mean, unless they really believe – and I, I – I get the sense that they believe Eli Manning just doesn't, you know, he has more than just one year left. And when you talk about these quarterbacks, uh, you know, you want to get them when they have, uh, you know, because ideally they have, you know, say a five-year window on that rookie contract. If they believe Eli Manning has at least two more years, well, then you're down to three years, uh, you know, with uh, Dwayne Haskins on that rookie contract. So maybe they're just trying to prolong uh, that uh, that window with Eli, and then they're you know they're gonna stretch it out as much as they can, so they have that rookie contract with like whichever quarterback they end up going with. Some people make the argument, or you know, we've talked about maybe the Giants would take a quarterback at seventeen, you mm-hmm. know, if they don't go six. But then I hear some people make the argument that well, if you don't think a quarterback is worth the sixth pick. You know, say it's Drew Locke or or someone, or even if it's Haskins, if he happens to fall, you know, then why would you take him at at, at seventeen if you don't believe in him enough at six? I don't necessarily buy that argument. You know, I think maybe maybe you believe he's he's value at at seventeen, where you're not where you think you can get a better player at six. You put any stock in the, in that argument that you shouldn't take him at seventeen if you won't take him at six? Well, I, I think that. I mean, the way I would phrase it is this quarterback is the most important position in sports. And so if you see a quarterback out there that you love enough that you would draft a 17, well, then I think you would love him enough to take it six. And if you love him enough to take it six, uh, I mean, then you should do that because you don't want to risk losing him at 17. So I dra- the draft is all about value. There's no question. 
But there is such a thing as being too cute. And if you love one of these quarterbacks enough where you think he could be the long-term future, then I'm not going to play around with it. And we, we, we talked about this last year with the Browns picking one and four and the notion that, well, they should take Saquon Barkley one, and then they'll be okay. They'll get their quarterback at four, whether it's Darnold or Baker, whoever. Well, I mean, I, 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 didn't, I didn't buy it last year because quarterback's just too important. You take your guy. These guys are not on a level playing field. Uh, you take your guy at, at one, and then you take whoever else at four, and I think it should be the same with the Giants. Uh, if I was their general manager, if I'm their decision maker, and I love one of these quarterbacks, I'm not waiting till 17. I'm taking them at six. And, it, okay, say they really want one of these pass rushers, whether it's Montez Sweat, Rashawn Gary, whoever, then I'm looking to trade up from 17 to still get that pass rusher. But, again, the most important position on the roster in all of sports is your quarterback. And if you see a chance to secure that position, then you need to do it. So let's talk about the quarterback, you know, around whom there seems to be all of the the chaos and all of the talk in this draft, and that's Kyler Murray. For weeks and weeks now, there's been the assumption that the Cardinals would take Murray at number one. You know, and, and today, the last few days, I'm reading and, and seeing a little bit less certainty that Arizona would go with Murray. Do you think Murray's going one to Arizona? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, it's this time of year is tough because there's a lot of misinformation, and it can be hard to uh, really weed through uh, all the noise and figure out what's true, what's not. And but you know, at this time last year, we all thought Darnold was going one to the Browns, and that's obviously not what happened. So you know, you can't completely just dismiss uh, some of the things you hear. But you know, when it's all said and done. I, I say 75, 80%. That's where I am. I, I feel that Murray will be the first pick to the Cardinals. Um, you know, we'll, it, we'll find out here these next few days and next week, uh, you know, how it's going to play out and if what we hear for more, more information on it. But where we are right now, I would say probably 75, 80%. Murray goes one of the Cardinals. All right. So the Giants are at six. And, you know, let's assume that, that they don't want to go quarterback I think you know there there are the the sort of dream scenario might be that somebody like Quinn and Williams happens to to fall to number six and 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 you can build scenarios where that might happen for you in the top five mm -hmm. what do you think is the most unpredictable spot among you know um, how all of that might fall well, I think you have to look at the Raiders just because John Gruden is unpredictable and they have a first-year general manager in Mike Mayock. Uh, Mike Mayock, who I respect a lot, has never been a general manager in the league. So, you know, I think it's one thing to, you know, we've listened to him on TV and his analysis over the years, so we have a sense for what he likes, what he doesn't like, and all that. But at the same time, you know, it's uh, it, it could be a little tougher when he's sitting in that GM chair and, you know, John Gruden's in his ear and, 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 you know, so we just don't know. The Raiders can go in so many different directions here. It could be quarterback, could be defensive line, um, you know, could be offense. It, it, it could be anything at this point. So I, I would say the Raiders are the most unpredictable. I think at one, everything's pointing to Arizona taking Kyler. At two, I'd be surprised if the 49ers don't take Nick Bosa. The Jets at three, they want out of that pick. They want, they don't have a second rounder. They use that to trade up to get Sam Darnold. The Jets would love to get out of there so they can get more draft picks. Uh, but if they stay put, I, I think it's going to be Josh Allen. They've been looking for that pass rusher off the edge. 
and then that leaves Quinn and Williams at four, which would be interesting if the Raiders go that direction or if they want to go uh, somewhere else. But, uh, you know, it, it's I, w- I would say the Raiders being the most unpredictable. I want to ask you about one specific player, you know, who might be in play for the Giants at number six, but, you know, about whom there seems to be a lot of, of division, you know, of opinion, and that would be you know, Rashawn Gary. I know some guys, mm-hmm. you know, the Giants, if they're gonna, if they're not gonna go quarterback, it seems logical that they would go defense, that they would go edge or pass rush, or, you know, the way I look at it is the best front seven player who happens to be on the board, and you know, some people think Rashawn Gary should be in that discussion. Other people think, you know, that that he's all athlete and no production. You know, where are you on Rashawn Gary and maybe where he should land in the draft? Well, he's a complete projection because you you don't really – you don't love the production because he didn't have any. He had ten and a half sacks over his career. Um, if you draft Rashawn Gary, you're doing it because of the traits. You're doing it because you're projecting him forward and believing that he can be more than what he put on the Michigan tape. Uh, there are eight pass rushers in this draft class who had more sacks last year than Gary had in his entire career. So the production's not there, but he is an, he's an impressive athlete for a guy that's 6'4 and a half, 280 pounds, moves really well. He has he plays with power. Uh, there's uh, you can project him inside or outside. Uh, I think he has uh, scheme versatility. So I think there there are reasons to like Rashawn Gary. He just he needs a lot of work. There's no pass rush plan. Uh, he's not very efficient with his move-to-move transition, and he's not a strong finisher. And so these are all things. And you also have to factor in that I've heard from scouts uh, said emotional maturity they worry about. Um, the fact that he started his own sports agency is just kind of it's kind of weird. I mean, it's just not something that teams are going to be thrilled about. You know, where are his priorities? Like, you know, what's he going to be focused on? So. Rashawn Gary, I would not shock me if he went fourth overall or 14th. You know, I mean, I think it's easy to talk yourself into the traits, but when you factor in everything else, there's plenty of reasons to doubt why, uh, you know, why he won't work at the next level. Interesting, because I'm just, I'm really curious to see, you know, wh- where he lands in the draft. If if you're the Giants and you're targeting pass rushers, probably, you know, let's say Quinn and Williams isn't there. Let's say Josh Allen isn't there. Are we probably talking about uh, Montez Sweat and Ed Oliver then at that point? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think the Ed Oliver fit is really interesting. Um, you know, I know, you know with the Giants, they're it's kind of a hybrid 3-4 where they like to mix personnel and, you know, they're not – completely married to one specific, uh, you know, we're strictly a three-man front or strictly a four-man. I mean, they, they mix it up pretty well. And I think at Oliver, it'd be similar. And we know uh, Dave Gettleman uh, likes traits. And Ed Oliver certainly has the traits, high upside traits. We also know that he likes to draft defensive tackles early. He did it in Carolina uh, plenty uh, in the first and second round. So Ed Oliver at six would not surprise me at all, give you that interior rush presence, uh, you know, a guy that can not only give you the, the pass rush that you're hoping for, but help out in the run game. Uh, Ed Oliver with that high upside, I, I think that makes plenty of sense. And Montez Sweat, plenty of reasons to be uh, optimistic about his future with the traits. Uh, not only uh, when we talk about the traits with Rashawn Gary, 
But with Montez Sweat, he also uh, it translated to production in the SEC. He had double-digit sacks each of the last two years uh, at, in, against SEC competition. And he shined at every level of the pre-draft process. Was the best player in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Just blew up the combine with how he performed uh, in, in all the agility drills and everything else. And so I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about Montez Sweat. I mean, I think I don't think he can go wrong at Oliver Montez Sweat. I think both are top seven picks in this draft, and I think both would be uh, good fits for the Giants at six. You know, Dane, some years, you know, we, we look at the draft order and we look at it and we do all these mock drafts and we think, you know, every team has, you know, the certain picks and, and all of that. And then we get trades that sort of, you know, they, they sort of blow everything up. And I, I'm hearing from some people that they think this is going to be a year where there's a lot of sort of hopscotch around the board with teams, you know, moving around. Do you anticipate a lot of trade activity in the, in the first round of this draft? Or is this going to be, you guessing, kind of more of a static year? Uh, you know, it's interesting because I think it really depends on the quarterbacks. And that's it's the toughest when you try to project – this draft uh the quarterbacks are the toughest part of the conversation because you know kyler murray going one and then you know we, we mentioned it before dwayne haskins drew lock daniel jones where are these guys going to land um you know if the giants don't take one at six i don't think the broncos take one at 10 uh 13 the dolphins it seems like they're really geared towards the 2020 draft the redskins are in the mix and then you have a few wild cards the chargers the patriots uh, and then, of course, the Giants at 17. So I, it, it is going to be interesting to see where the quarterbacks land. And I think that could be that's that's really going to be the, the trade talk about these quarterbacks. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, chalk. We don't see a lot of trades early. But then as some of these quarterbacks start to drop a little bit in the teens, that's where we see a little bit of jockeying for position as these teams try to line up with these quarterbacks. All right, last one for you, Giants at 17, and you're talking about quarterbacks. Uh, a lot of Giants fans, you know, when you when you mention the name Daniel Jones, they sort of go, oh, no, please, let's not do that. Giants take Daniel Jones at 17. They are what? Predictable. Um, I think that's uh, it makes sense. I understand why they would do that. Uh, to, I, I have a second round grade on Daniel Jones. I had a second round grade on him over the summer. Nothing has changed for me. I, I, I think there's a, a lot to like. He's a cerebral passer. Um, I just think he's going to be a B level starter in the NFL. Uh, you know, kind of Kirk Cousins ish. That you know that that kind of player who can help you win games. I just don't know if it's going to be enough to. Uh, you, you know, take you where you want to go. And again, I like Daniel Jones. I think, you know, his tape wasn't amazing, but he also didn't play with a lot of NFL players uh, at, on that Duke roster. He elevated uh, the talent around him uh, with, with what he was able to do. And I think he will get better. The lack of the elite physical traits bothers me a little bit. You know, he's not, he's a good athlete, not a great athlete. He has an okay arm, not a great arm, uh, but he's a cerebral passer. He's tough. The internal clock needs to get better with him. Um, so I, I like Daniel Jones. I understand why a team would draft him in the top 20, especially the Giants with the Manning connection and uh, that relationship. So I think it would be predictable if the, if the Giants went Daniel Jones at 17. 
Dane, thank you very, very much for spending some time with us. Before I let you go, why don't you, uh, you know, go ahead and, and tell folks where they can find your work on Twitter and give them the uh, the athletic pitch if you uh, if you're so inclined. Find me on Twitter at DP Brugler, and uh, like I said before, catch all my draft coverage uh, at the Athletic, uh, especially the draft guide. Just came out this morning. Uh, if you're a draft fan. Again, I I don't think that uh, I've never had someone come to me and say there just wasn't enough information or, you know, I, I didn't get my money's worth. I promise you, uh, you, you want all you want the pro day uh, results for, you know, the seventh round prospects. It's in there. It, all the details. Uh, it's uh, something that if you're a draft fan, you will not be disappointed by it. All right, Dane, thank you very much for spending some time with us. And hopefully we'll talk to you again. Anytime. Thanks, Ed. All right. Bye. All right, Giants fans, that's our show for today. We thank Dane Brugler of The Athletic for spending some time with us, dropping some knowledge, giving us some opinions on what the Giants should and should not do in the 2019 NFL Draft. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. If you haven't done so already, please make sure that you give a listen to the shows done by Big Blue View contributors Dan Pizzuta and Chris Flum, who are spending an awful lot of time previewing the NFL draft, doing a lot of work both at the podcast and at the website, you know, in getting you guys ready for the draft. So please, you know, give their give their work a listen. And I'm sure that, you know, there's there's valuable information in what they have to say. So uh, so if you haven't heard their shows, please give them a chance. All right, Giants fans, thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.